0: Hi everyone, this is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live—not live, but not dead either. Far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear, it's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words. You know, like "fooey," and we call each other "cur" a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here, uh, here and there. So, just so you know, if you want to protect your your delicate Paper ears from uh, our our cutting remarks. Um, just be aware of that. For yeah. just, just these randos to be all like, I, I don't know the evil. guy, but I will to him being ugly as shit. <laughs> and then the, the the police are there and they're writing it down. And it's like con- the constable's just like, mm-hmm, all right, eyewitness reports say man ugly as shit. Mm-hmm, all right, got it, got it down. Uh, anything else? No like, yes, he was also evil. short yeah he was also yes. short and he's like okay short and then he's and they're like he looked evil he's like okay <laughs> evil is that different from being ugly as shit And he's like oh yeah 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 not by much very but yeah. different uh, very different yeah yeah, right. yeah. ugly as shit short oh uh, <laughs> I-, I wrote ugly as short here isn't that funny all right so when was the girl trampled all right okay <laughs> The summer reading podcast a podcast where a professor and a librarian review all of the books you had to read in English class I am your professor my name is Jack my pronouns are he him
1: and I am Marty I'm your librarian and my pronouns are she her
0: how are you doing today Marty
1: I'm doing well Jack how are you I
0: love that question as if we have not currently been talking for the past half an hour
1: I know it's delightful um, yeah yeah, I'm trying to think of things that I have not already told you or things that I'm comfortable sharing with our listeners.
0: Yeah, well, we um, we had the we had a delightful in-person seeing each other recently.
1: We did! I it was, was so great. Very, you took, very took another with. trip around the sun, you old man. Yep, you. yep. turned yeah.
0: <laughs> turned older.
1: You turned older, oh, as that, we all do. That was nice. <laughs>
0: that was the first time that group of people had ever all hung out with each other. Too. yeah so i don't know if you're like this but when you're the person who brings people together um <gasps>
1: so good i have
0: this um i have this anxiety if like there's like a party at my house I'm, like mm-hmm. i need to make sure everyone is like catered to in some way everyone needs to be happy uh in some degree yeah. uh and so like i um i'm never with like big parties i'm never that one person who's like i found this one person who's good to talk to i'm going to spend the whole night here i'm 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 jumping around I'm seeing that, yep. and so when there's, it's like a smaller group of people, I'm like, I'm going to talk to you now, I'm going to talk yeah. to you now, and then this is, we'll open this one up for discussion with the whole table, and then people are like, oh, what a good jeep, oh, what a good bit we're having, <laughs> oh, la, la, oh la, the la, traffic la. and the weather, haha, ha.
1: oh, indeed, haha, ha. um, no, it was delightful, I really enjoyed, um, Seeing a mutual friend and also meeting all of the people in your life that I hadn't met yet. Yeah, you your, your friend in laws. You have some good folks yeah, in your corner. They're okay. nice. They're nice peeps. Aaron's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aaron drove some distance yeah, to get did. to you. He did. That is a good. He didn't even drive home that friend. night.
0: He like had a <gasps> safe house he stayed at.
1: Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. I love that. Oh, okay. Wow.
0: I was like, "You can stay here." He's like, "Noted for next time."
1: Oh my god, that's brilliant! I was bummed that I did not get to stay as late as everybody did. Um, work, man, works yeah. a bummer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Well, here's to many more birthdays.
1: Many more. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a birthday coming up soonish. I have no idea what I'm gonna do,
0: but. Oh, oh um, man, text me.
1: I will. I le- I at least your birthday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you so when I my what birthday is. is yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah yeah i'm excited to be you know on zoom again it's you know it's not the same as irl but uh but it's pretty cool
0: well, here we are here uh, we are all right and we're gonna get into it so
1: yeah um yeah
0: uh today's book is The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. By Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, Or, as I like to call it, a more interesting and nuanced exploration of good versus evil than William (gasps) Golding's The Lord of the Flies.
1: Jack, you took the words right out of my notes because I wrote down... Um, duality of human nature. Nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right there with you, bud. This I well, totally agree. I, yeah,
0: This po- podcast, in, in many ways, is like us drawing connections between disparate parts of just English literature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, you know what? We're going to... Let's compare... <laughs> house on Mango street as ya with lord of the flies and see and and yeah. it's like oh okay yeah no maybe m- maybe <laughs> less of that so people don't need like <laughs> people don't need to watch us um throwing out muscles from stretching too hard um <laughs> so uh those those nerd muscles that we have <laughs> yeah yeah those those yeah. brilliant nerd muscles i love it. it is uh was this your first time with this book
1: this was my first time with this book and um yes i was a jekyll and hyde virgin i guess um although i did see the musical as a young person i have you ever seen the musical
0: i've i've, I've done the uh, the poor theater kid thing which is i've yeah. listened to the soundtrack on oh the internet, i do
1: that all the time but yep.
0: I, I did not i did not because yeah, the the book itself holds such like a personal place in my heart. Yeah. That when I listen to the music, I'm like, who is this woman?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it's so funny because for a period of my youth, I was very, very into the "Someone Like You" found someone like me song, like <laughs> the the you know seminal Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I don't know, belty ballad that I can't yeah. even remember, that, the woman who made it famous, which is horrible of me. Everybody is going to come at me with pitchforks. All your, um, all your theater people. All my theater people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I had seen that. And, um, and then I was reading this and I was like, wow. Like when they say loose adaptation, they really mean it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that musical takes... The premise of the story and just kind of runs with it um which i mean hey whatever like that's sometimes the function of an adaptation is to just sort of spark interest in a, a thing that yeah. you know the, a composer loved the musical um,
0: probably got a bunch of very enthusiastic theater kids to read yeah. this scottish novel from the late 1800s yeah.
1: Yeah, and that is, I mean, hey, get him in the door. Get him in the door. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I um, have not seen uh, that musical. um, And uh, frankly, I'm not super interested.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, you can do without it. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's the same. Like, I have. um, I have this thing, I, I guess, with adaptations of this particular novel, because I have a graphic novel adaptation of Jekyll and oh, Hyde. Oh, oh, interesting. And and from the second, like, the, the first couple pages is it starts with, like, a bunch of, of his old, of Jekyll's old cronies at a dinner party, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. why can't it just start with them going on a walk? like?
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you on that. I, and I know, well, I know from chatting with you earlier that you that this is not your first time this is not my first (laughs) this is
0: not my first walk through london
1: no um and and i i feel similarly about adaptations of things that i have read before and really enjoyed Mm -hmm. um you know i have yet to find well I know I've talked about Little Women on the podcast already, but <laughs> the latest Little Women movie adaptation was good, but, like, it's still oh, not.
0: I love, but I haven't it... read Little Women. That's the but surrender. you haven't read, yeah, this yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. so,
1: yeah, I, so I totally feel you on that. Like, yeah.
0: I... Well, I I, don't want to be, and for for people out there who are like, well, when you adapt to the screen, it's different. I want to take this moment to say very, very peacefully, I know. I <laughs> know. I know. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. <laughs> Just like Are you sure? Yeah, like, oh, I know. Um I I'm
1: aware. Um I'm, I'm aware.
0: <laughs> little Foghorn Leghorn. Um <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn's like like
1: Not I'll a fan I'll of Greta,
0: Greta Gerwig's Little 2019 Greta Gerwig <laughs> uh, little women. Um Okay, so I uh love the HBO limited series Station Eleven.
1: Yes, I love
0: it. I've talked about it to pretty much everyone in, in my life. It like who has been who's talked to me within the last like five months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I've watched it like ten times. I made everyone in my family watch it. Uh, then my family members watched it like twice. Um, nice. And uh, I love it. And I love love love. Uh, Emily St. John Mandel's Emily St. John Mandel. I don't know how you pronounce the St. John in the middle. Um, I love her book. It's it's a book that's stayed with me, um, and I recognize that the book and the the show are very different beasts, mm-hmm. but they both do what I love. Yeah. Uh, and and so I I love the show. I love the book. And what I love about that is these are two pieces of media that I can love separate of each other. Yes, yes. Uh, The the, the musical Jekyll and Hyde doesn't evoke that. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Yeah. Because there's this issue like, I I mean, you know me, Marty, we met through theater. Um, Yes, indeed. I have this issue with uh, my brain is calling it like sort of the commercial theaterification of of narrative. It's like you have these musicals where they hit you over the head with an I want song.
1: Right. Uh, They're like,
0: we need to, we need this lyric in there to denote that, like, oh, we need to mention that he's looking at this woman's breasts because he's, uh, you know, he's, you know, a little sultry or maybe he's a bit of a womanizer or something. We can't, like, we can't just rely on the subtlety of the music or the acting to to convey that. And if, uh, if you think I'm, uh, addressing anyone in particular, I'm addressing my Spotify Discover Weekly, which keeps recommending the, th- the Thirty Six Questions. I-, I think that is the oh. Spotify only musical. I'm not interested.
1: Oh wow! I'm not, I'm
0: not interested. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's what I'll say about that. But fair. So yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. This is. Uh, I actually don't know which which go go around this is for me for Jekyll and Hyde.
1: Oh, Um, interesting. And you're not a big re-reader. I'm not a big re-reader. So
0: Jekyll and Hyde, I think, Jekyll and Hyde shares this place in my readerly career with um, Jane Eyre. Um, Oh, yeah. So they are, I think, the books that have come up the most in Mm -hmm. my education, in my English education in in particular. Um, And so I wanted to tell you a little story (laughs) of, uh, it's not super, uh, <laughs> there's no ninjas or anything. If you are open for excitement, bummer. But <laughs> I was in my AP English class, my senior year of high school. I was really excited. It was my first time. It was my first year in AP classes was my senior year. Okay. Um, and we're in the second half of the school year and we have to do the big research paper. Um, like the big you're gonna be in college soon paper and then you go to college mm. and they're like what is a comma and, <laughs> and then yes. you're sitting there being like fuck i don't know <laughs> it's a period with a little tail <laughs> <laughs> when do i use it and then they're like that's a comma splice and that's incorrect and you're
1: like
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, like props to the teacher she's like i don't want to fucking read the same book on Lord of the Flies. Yeah. 50-60 times.
1: Suck it, Golding. So, she she,
0: <laughs> she did this thing where everyone had to have a different book.
1: Oh, nice. Okay.
0: Uh and it had to be something British had like it was a British lit class.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and that was it So she had this huge thing, you know, far from the madding crowd, Jane Eyre, uh Rebecca, uh, uh-huh. All that all that jazz. Um, and one of them was Jekyll and Hyde. And I'm like, oh, I'm really interested in Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I, like, I want to do that. I, I didn't really know anything else about Jekyll and Hyde. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really open to it. And I was, like, the last in the rotation. It was, like, a random lottery for the first for- person to pick. And we made it, like, six down before someone said, Jekyll and Hyde? And she's like, yep. And I'm <gasps> like, no! No! Wanted that one, and so we're uh-huh. there, and my my buddy just sitting next to me and says, "Oh well, you you know what's um, you pretty short, uh, if you want one is uh is Jane Eyre." Um, and I didn't I didn't <laughs> think much of it, but I was like, "Okay, Jane Eyre," and boy oh boy, did I learn the hard way that Jane Eyre yeah. is not well no. known for being a short book. No,
1: not at all. At all.
0: So <laughs> I remember like like. Get, getting my copy, my first copy, and, and like these days, I have like three, four copies of Jane Eyre. Um, mm-hmm. Got my first copy from Savers. It was one of those like casebook <gasps> editions, yeah. Uh, uh, and it just had all of these like like essays I could use in my research paper, just right there in the back. Um, oh, it was geez. one by like Adrian Rich or something. It was it was it was wonderful. It had the smell, yeah. you know, I had old book mm-hmm. smell.
1: Oh, I love um, old book smell. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I I've, I went used it so much, and I went back to it that it stopped smelling like an old book
1: uh for a while and i was like no oh, <laughs> bring me back to that
0: sense memory um but uh it was it was those it was those two so uh it was like about a year later for my birthday my mom had noticed i'd gotten into reading a lot so she was like you know polling polling me for like oh what would you be interested in and she got me like this bag like full of there were five books in it um Ooh. books and it was like moby dick time machine um and Jacqueline Hyde was one of them. And I remember like reading it what like I, I just ran through it. Just yep. marathoned it. Uh it, like I finished it right in time for like that the season premiere of like Doctor Who or something. Like it was a very <laughs> it, it was a British sci-fi day. Yeah, uh, and, yep. and I did it, and then just like for for the next couple of years, like I had Britling College and then I had a Gothic mm-hmm. lit in grad school and it just Jacqueline High just keeps coming back and keeps, keeps coming, coming up, back. yeah. And honestly, no complaints from me.
1: Yeah, no. no I from me. I feel that. I really enjoyed it and like I could definitely see myself diving into it multiple times and um I don't know, like like doing some like serious mm-hmm. like hardcore you know, research or analysis or reading what other people have said about it, that kind of thing. I will confess I did not do that today. Um, <laughs> I just, I just read it and enjoyed it. Um, yeah. How
0: dare you with the sick baby.
1: I know. I know. Blame it all on the kid. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: see so how um, <laughs> Yeah,
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's such a lazy joke to make about kids. I apologize. <laughs> um Okay. Uh, so in which case then um, I have some notes. I uh, didn't take many notes on this.
1: Oh, um, I did. I did write down um, one quote that I found delightful. That Robert Lewis, Lewis Stevenson said it was a fine bogey tale, <laughs> which I just think is great.
0: <laughs> right, my, so my my favorite line in this book is I don't know if I'll be able to. I, I don't know if it's going to matter if I get it perfectly right, but it might be my favorite pun in all of uh, literature. Ooh. In which uh, Mr. Utterson says, uh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> if he be Mr. Hyde, he had thought, I shall be Mr. Seek. Yes, I love that too. <laughs> that I remember uh, when we read this in um, college, we yep. had to do like these responses to everything that we read, and it's all like just write a paragraph responding to it. I wrote my whole thing on that pun.
1: Oh, that that's pun Brilliant, in particular,
0: because I was like, "It's so fun." I love that. Yeah. Um, so i have a, I have a question for you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do do the synopsis first. So, mm, okay, yes, do so the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. So Robert Louis Stevenson, a Scotsman. A proud Scotsman uh, was uh, a Bohemian railing against the system. Uh, fell in love uh, with a, a married woman, and that married woman was like, you know, what? I'm going to divorce my husband for you. Uh, Yay, they, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all, all of the sources <laughs> that I read describe um, Robert Louis Stevenson, in particular, as a sickly child. He was born 1850, died 1894, so he was only 44 when Damn. when he passed away uh and so what what i'm interested in is all of these sources keep calling him a sickly child um mm. but then all of like these parts of the story also say like oh he was like in bed he was incoherent from illness yeah um, so i like i just want to amend things uh, he was a sickly man <laughs> it was a, it was in <gasps> sickness the whole time yep Yeah. went the whole th- all the way through um he was a sickly man. Uh, his first, I would say, blockbuster, Treasure Island, uh, published eighteen eighty three. I think originally written in eighteen eighty one, uh, and then years later, eighteen eighty six, Jekyll and Hyde comes out, and this was written for the Christmas rush, like published oh, I in love time, that. published in time for Christmas.
1: Well, because ghost stories at Christmas were such a thing. Yeah,
0: it's what that one line of the Carol. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's so great. And,
0: and we do this, and oh, that's what I wanted to say. I completely forgot until right now. Mm. Um, we're talking about theater. Sweeney Todd,
1: yes, the the
0: Demon Barber of the Demon barber, of, yeah, of, of Fleet, of Fleet Street. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, the original Penny Dreadful, a string of the String of Pearls, or Sweeney Todd, mm. the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, mm-hmm. Does that theaterification? It was my example. It was my go-to example of. I see. Yeah, yeah. In in, <laughs> in the book, *The String of Pearls*, Sweeney Todd wants money and is evil, so he will happily murder people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and he and Mrs. Lovett will make a fortune because of the bodies. And there's not a lot of it's expensive to eat meat, you know, right? Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. In uh, in the musical, he's like, "But I love my daughter."
1: Yeah. Like, I'm an antihero. Yeah. And, I know. And what
0: I like like about *The Penny Dreadful* is like. The form is like, <laughs> be fucked up if your barber made you into a dough pie, huh?
1: Yeah, right. Like, <laughs>
0: that's, that's the core question. It's such like it's such like a contemporary thing to be like. Yeah. But he had a good reason. I'm like, no, we have like,
1: to humanize him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sometimes people are just cannibals. Yep. All right. Sometimes yep. people like just do. Oh that.
1: my god, yeah. have you? Sorry, this is. I yeah, go I'm for it. Gonna... Go Should on. I go on this tangent? Yeah, yeah, do yeah. Do I do it? Okay, have you seen, there's a parody of, um, I believe it's making fun of the Joker movie that tries to, like, humanize the Joker and give him, like, the backstory I've or whatever. I've seen it.
0: Yeah, I've seen Joker.
1: And um, I have not seen that movie. But it's um, Oscar the Grouch. And it's an, <laughs> it's an SNL parody. And, oh, my God, it's incredible. i have to check <laughs> it out. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I love it. Anything with a Muppet. <laughs> Put a Muppet in anything. I mean, really, but this is, it's great because it's, like, this, like, gritty version of Oscar the Grouch, and it's all, like, <laughs> human beings playing the Muppet characters, and it's so wrong and so hilarious. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Jesus.
0: We need more Muppet. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> Always more Muppet. I don't
0: think... I don't think we've had a conversation where we didn't bring up the Muppets in some fashion.
1: It's entirely possible. Um, I bring them up a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, that's Robert Louis Stevenson. Um, and he, he writes this book, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And the story, it, I, I knew of this story, a professor had told it to me before, uh, but I was trying to confirm it with a couple sources online and I couldn't find like a clean narrative, but there are so- certain uh, consistencies, consistencies that come up with Jacqueline Hyde, which is uh, Stevenson's wife Fanny. Reads the book uh, and thinks it's terrible, and and it, it's thrown into the fire.
1: <gasps> wow! It's, throw, it's
0: thrown into the fire. He damn. They're like, what? Uh, Stevenson in a in a few days, rewrites the whole thing.
1: Wow! Re- rewrites
0: the the thirty odd thousand uh, <sighs> words of Jekyll and Hyde in a few days. I uh, get get it out the door in time. Boom mm-hmm. becomes one of the best known literary titans of gothic literature. Yeah. Um. Boom. Some something. Along those lines, the I I was reading around and they're like, oh, you rewrote it in three days, and so I'm like, he wrote it in six weeks, and I'm like, oh,
1: okay, it's either way, oh, it's you know, interesting. The turnaround yeah, yeah. on the creation
0: of the book is pretty.
1: It's pretty uh, impressive. Pretty quick,
0: yeah, 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 and so yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you up front, what what you how would you feel about this book?
1: So I really enjoyed it. Um, I. I'm trying to look at my notes. I I didn't write down like <laughs> why I enjoyed it so much, but I I I will say I think it goes. You just dive right in, mm-hmm. like it's like this conversation between two friends who are like super awkward friends, and I feel like talking about that they're just, they're a little British. bit. You can call them British. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the all of the relationships in this story seems so awkward to me and i kind of love it for that um and i i think one thing that i like is and you know correct me if i'm totally wrong on this but there is this very appealing um lack of detail for the horrible things that Hyde does Mm -hmm. um that I like because it it's leaves the PG-13 it up to 13 you, rating. I mean, but it leaves it up to your imagination yeah. in this weird way. And th- but then there's always a part of me that, while I'm reading it, I'm like, so like, was this his choice, or was this an editing thing, or was this like well, <laughs> people are only gonna read it if blah 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 blah. He's like, I'm um, really
0: sick. I have to rewrite this whole thing in a couple of days.
1: Right. We like, don't have
0: time to be paid by the word.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's um. So, yeah, I, I find that very appealing. Um, it has this sort of, um, oh God, I'm saying um, constantly. I, it has this somber quality to it throughout. There's so much detailed description of like the fog is rolling in mm. and the light is like Classic. the half yellow, you know, whatever. There's creepy. this moment where
0: like the fog is so thick, the character can only see streetlights. lights. Yes. Like,
1: and I love that, yeah. that, atmos- that atmospheric quality to it that is a through line, through, you know, throughout the whole. And, and it's a brief, mm. it's a brief novella. Um, but the fact that that always hangs, hangs in the air, much like a fog. Yep. <laughs> I, I enjoy.
0: So do you think, and mm. this is one of the f- few things I wrote down here. Uh, do you think Robert Louis Stevenson knew he had a banger?
1: Oh, that is a good
0: question. Do you think his, his like the the original burned and he rewrote it and then he's yeah. like, "No, this this one works." And I ask because out of the the books we've read so far, Yeah. this is the one to me that feels the most excuse me, fun. Mm, yeah. Right. The, Agreed. The, this is yeah. this is the one that it's the most um sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, of mm-hmm. it, and I think part of it, part part of it's worthwhile to say that there's there's this clear shift in genre. Oh, uh, absolutely. Of, of this other thing that we're working with, it's kind of a it's kind of a pot boiler. It's it's you know sometimes yeah. lumped in with the the class of of penny dreadfuls. So uh, for for context, if you're listening uh, to us today um, for our personalities, thank you, um, and <laughs> not because you know anything about Jacqueline Hyde, uh, we're about to, I'm about to spoil it for you. Mm. So. um uh, the Secret of Soylent Green, if you haven't heard of it already. Uh, so, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is you have this central figure of the the lawyer, Mr. Utterson, who uh, falls into this case of this wicked, monstrous figure, Mr. Hyde, this this uh, small, wretched, off-putting man who is committing a series of increasingly... Wretched, heinous acts of violence in London town, and his strange connections with the uh, amenable, gregarious figure of Doctor Henry Jekyll uh, over over the course. And so the book is the unfurling of that mystery, um, Mm -hmm. leading up to. And this is the spoiler alert if you Mm -hmm. are familiar. Because and like this is genuine me saying like if you want to read the book, read it for yourself. If you because this this was something that wasn't spoiled for me. When I read it for the first time, I, I didn't oh know. really? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: that's fascinating I, because I did. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Jekyll and Hyde is so ubiquitous in pop culture. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I like you know the big Darth Vader reveal. Like,
1: yeah, it's just
0: one of these super well known things. But I didn't know. Uh, Reading it for the first time. So I got that. Oh, I, I got that, that pure joy, that pure yeah. glee. Because uh, I didn't read this for class. I read this for fun because it's just what I was at the time. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I loved it, which mm. is they're the same person. Henry Jekyll invents a potion that distills or separates, however you want to phrase it, the, the good in someone from the evil in someone so he takes the potion his evil traits uh, take over and he becomes edward hyde um and so that that's jekyll and hyde um and i there's just such a the book itself is fairly sinister um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's an example of um what makes my jaw drop about censorship of books Mm -hmm. which is um Jacqueline Hyde, I would say, is not a very commonly censored book. No, Uh, it's not. We're not. We're like we're not talking books about racism in America that get banned this way and that. Uh, We're we're not talking about um, mouse uh, right off off banned books. Um, And uh, this is a book where a man's face melts. Yep, in front of another character. Yep, and you walk away being like, "Oh, yeah, oh," and then you go and you read a different book about like two 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 men kissing, and the, the schools are like, "No, no, you can't have that,"
1: because our society is so backwards on violence versus sex. Like yeah. the fact that you can. again what you said about like the pg rating or whatever like Mm -hmm. you can have like whatever how however many explosions and acts of violence in a movie and and it's still okay to have it be like pg or i yeah whatever i don't know what the rating system is but if you have like breasts it's like oh no that's
0: gonna be rated r like
1: like, what (laughs) you
0: get a single boob
1: i mean like tasteful side boot, that's all you get like <laughs> just like come on and
0: then <laughs> you have these things like kids movies that still somehow manage to sexualize their cartoon characters oh my god it, yes it's like you see a duck that just has like eyelashes yeah and, and breasts and you're like yeah. the duck the ducks don't look like this <laughs>
1: yeah they just don't Um, they're just they're just ducks they don't they're just ducks
0: it's like sausage party it's like does that hot dog bun (laughs) i'm not gonna say it we all know we all know um
1: yeah yeah i i agree with you that the fact that there is no um nobody has any qualms about someone reading uh, about their child reading this book where mm -hmm. like the first thing that happens is this guy, like, tramples a small child <laughs> to, the, to the point where, like, the doctor has to come. And it's like, yeah, ah, yeah. It's, it's classic literature. It's totally fine. It's, yeah, that's, that's a very interesting point yeah. to make.
0: In which case, life hack for horny youths. Um, <laughs> you should go to the library mm-hmm. and find a book. Uh, and odds are, if it's a book for adults, it's gonna have a pretty good chance that there are people gonna be falling in love. Pretty much, no one's read every book. You find a mm-hmm. book has a sex scene, you can bring it home. No one's gonna question it, and you're gonna be reading, and people are just gonna think you're so smart because you're spending your your free time reading. Amen. Right. right? Mm-hmm. All right. No one's gonna question it. You can't walk out with a movie. Like like it's it, it's just hard, but no one's gonna question a book. All right no one's gonna question a book
1: yeah well yeah most most parents
0: <laughs> <laughs> go as to the a library libra- alone <laughs>
1: uh, it, yes as a librarian i i will say um i have had multiple kids in programs or in uh in my life in the library world uh Say like, oh yeah, I was reading that but my mom found it and she took it away from me. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh. <laughs> oh man, well
0: sucks but, but, you Marty. But it's,
1: <laughs> but it's true. It's it's true. Uh yeah, horny use. Find the books. Find, find the, the books. Find, find Easiest way. Find a, a bodice ripper if you need it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do a bodice ripper on one of these.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: Oh. Really do you have a favorite?
1: Um, not that I can bring to Not mind that I can think instantly. of. They, yeah, they, yeah. They
0: exist very ephemerally in the brain.
1: <laughs> There's, you know, scenes, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's there.
0: It's like, it's it's there for enjoyment in the moment. And then you bring it yeah. back to the library and you're like, I I was just reading something. I
1: was just reading that. Yeah. I can't,
0: I can't remember. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, it's crazy because we've been at it for a while, but I feel like in, in proper... Offici- officially mm. shall, shall we get into a review <laughs> I uh, it's, it's no secret at this point that I have very great admiration for this book I wasn't a huge reader when I was young so I, I don't really feel like my, my nostalgia books are this mm. weird smattering of the books based off of the movies that were coming out in high school mm. and, and in my sort of developing identity as an English person and and so like the like a handful of YouTuber books and a handful Mm -hmm. of English books and so this is something that's really nestled into my identity um as like oh it can be fun to read these old books Mm -hmm. and it's short it's so short um so one of the things that I am quite taken with which has come up Uh, A number of times over the years, but has not really, like, I've not seen a lot of scholarship on it, so I don't know if it's just, like, in old books or people just haven't gone through academic channels to talk about this, or Mm -hmm. my affiliated institutions just don't have access to these articles or whatever, if there are these secret, these secret academic articles. Um, uh, But it's come up in classes before with Jekyll and Hyde as a potential queer narrative
1: Mm. um oh that's interesting and
0: i think this is a great example of one of my fascinations which is um i don't know if you know this about me marty but i'm not so much interested in history as i'm interested in historiography um okay so how i'm interested in how we write history Mm. more than history itself
1: I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So like the, the old phrase, hist- history is written by the winners. Right, or something. right. I'm very fascinated with like, okay, but oftentimes it, the winners, like we, they're not complete. Like we have all these other sides of, of history. Totally. And, and you have all these things. So um, I'm very interested in historiography. And one of the, one of the shapes that that takes is uh, queer narrative and friendship narrative and how they sort of overlap. And so, mm-hmm. how a lot of queer readers over the years, because uh, this this book is like what, like two hundred years old. Yeah, that's um, old. 18, 1886. I, 1886, the, Yeah, I can't do that yourself. math. Do you yeah. to do the math yourself? <laughs> oh, many years. It's many been out, many years it's been out old. For at least five minutes. And, <laughs> um, which meant, like, I'm very confident that there are queer readers. Uh, mm who have read this and, and take a note of uh it's it's not male queer readers or an exploration a potential exploration of male queerness. Um in in the sense of you can't make these characters really overtly romantically engaged with each other. Right. But there right. is there is the projection of things like Utterson and his clerk who are sharing yeah. breakfast together. Which is in in, in intimate act. Eating, mm-hmm. some, eating with someone early in the morning and it's just like mm-hmm. you, the two of you um, and then there's the, the dialogue of Mr. Hyde leaving from Jekyll's back door and mm-hmm. part of the interest being that of the time um, as uh, my professors have told me uh, of that being signaling of queer iconography of the time
1: of, mm. of the concept of a,
0: of a young valet where these these well-to-do men would have young men work for them and they part of the, the expectation is it's not part of the expectation but they work for them as an excuse for them to be romantically involved and there's an excuse for these oh, these men to be spending so much time with each other and so right, the idea right. of of someone engaged in such a way not allowed to use the front door mm-hmm. um, which that in itself is sort of indicative of of class at the time as yep. well uh, of queerness as we can look at we can, anticipate this sort of forbidden love so you can have the sort of dialogue that works off of this sort of intimate this iconography of intimacy that mm-hmm. I- expresses a potential connection between uh, these men and if you're in a group of men uh, who may have similar um, similar identity uh, similar identities and you're working along with this it might also give stock to why these men are so obsessed with each other Outs- yeah. outside of the realm of like oh it's london society mm-hmm. uh, but then mm-hmm. there there's the other side of me that's like they, these can also just be friends who genuinely enjoy each other yeah so both readings are valid both both readings totally are like, correct um but sort of the the co-opting of this for for various perspectives is very interesting to me
1: that uh, is I'll- really interesting too and it it also <sighs> Well, it also speaks to just the, um, the way relationships, the representation of relationships in literature and how that's changed mm-hmm. over time. Um, and how, you know, friendship between men, uh, we talked about this a little bit in, um... In, in our discussion of, like, the Britishness of, of William Golding's uh, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the, the um, representation of boyhood in that way. And then if you think about the, the representation of manhood in Victorian times, in Gothic literature, and how different that is to, to the current representation I would say, or or the what it would be in of mice and men. You know mm-hmm. the the difference in the way friendships are talked about or or shown on the page. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting,
0: because relationship wise, I yeah would, I would say out of out of uh, our boys, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I feel like Robert Louis Stevenson, in the way that he sort of renders relationships, I feel like it's actually more in line with Steinbeck's of mice and men than with mm-hmm. Golding's um, Lord of the Flies. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah. Like, like in, in Jekyll and Hyde, you have these, these characters, you have Mr. Utterson, who is, like, hoping for the best of his friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Utterson has business interests in Jekyll. Like, they, they right. have a working relationship. But they also, like like, they like each other. They go to, they have parties together. Yeah, uh, they they wish each other well, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily like they th- there's a sense of empathy. Yes, yes, um, and
1: camaraderie, yeah. and uh, yeah, all of that that's that's missing from from Golding, um, from the entire book. Uh, but yeah, it's but it's just interesting because when you read about the men in this book, there's discussion of of um, Doctor Jekyll having great taste in fashion and um elaborate cozy furnishings and um you know a well-kept staff and all of this stuff that's that's very i mean it is very classist but it is also you know um in steinbeck you don't have him talking about how well-dressed george is you know (laughs) what i mean like it's there's a very different there are uh, differences (laughs) <laughs> there's a different uh lens to it i guess i will say yeah. and
0: yeah and and so uh you you mentioned you mentioned class mm. um and one of the things that i think is very interesting in i i think i think we see this a lot more in the gothic novel than in other uh than in other pieces of british literature um and i maybe we can chalk this up to it being a gothic novel maybe we can chalk this up to um the sympathy of the Scots. Uh, but one of the things that we can look at is when we're in Jekyll's house and it's Utterson and it's pool, we do mm-hmm. get a little bit of sort of the interior lives or the emotional lives of, of the staff there. Like you have like the maid who sort of break, breaking out in fear yeah. and, and wailing and something. And, um, and whether or not it's a, a sympathetic representation of a, mm-hmm. uh, of a person, um, because you know, are it's not. I, I don't know. You, you see a woman who's freaking out because she's in a freaky situation. Right. It's safe to say this has never happened before. Um, right. But to be pointing out the the servant class at all, yeah. See, seems like that's
1: kind of huge.
0: Huge. Like yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. and also these people who are people.
1: Yeah are and here. who have and who have emotions and who have a connection to each other and to this man that they work for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very good point to make. That
0: so yeah. like L- London, the city here, mm-hmm. when you're working like in in earnest with like the population of the people here, it's not just the foibles of the the wealth the the wealthy Right. Um. It, it's like you have the whole spectrum. In fact, uh, I love this. It's on the first page. It's, um, Stevenson's. It's one of Stevenson's first descriptions of.
1: I love hearing your book f- pages.
0: Flip. Oh yeah, have you seen I'm my? Just gonna
1: say that. I got this, yeah. Oh, so nice! This is I the have a library. My, the, this is copy. the copy
0: my um, uh, my mom gave me when I was uh mm. when I was smaller. Ah. Um. Wow, where, where? In fact, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read until I find that point. But
1: that's fine. <laughs> so this it's yeah. the
0: very beginning. Uh, Mr. Utterson, the lawyer, was a man of a rugged countenance that was never lighted by a smile, cold, scanty, and embarrassed in discourse, back backward in sentiment, lean, long, dusty, dreary, and yet somehow lovable. I love that. Like, like, ama- Like, I'm sold on this guy. He's yep, like, you know, Yeah. Almost like a Ron Swanson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> at friendly meetings, and when the wine was to his taste, something imminently human beaconed from his eye, something indeed which never found its way into his talk, but which mm. spoke not only in these silent symbols of the after-dinner face, but more often lo- and loudly in the acts of his life. He was austere with himself, drank gin when he was alone to mortify a taste for vintages, and though he enjoyed the theatre, had not crossed the doors of one, had not crossed the doors of one for twenty years. But he had an approved tolerance for others, uh, sometimes wondering almost with envy at the high pressure of spirits involved in their misdeeds, and in any extremity inclined to help rather than to reprove. Like this, this guy, this is a ride or die dude
1: yeah yeah
0: this is a a absolute writer died dude and he is uh described in this character it was frequently his fortune to be the last reputable acquaintance and the last good influence in the lives of down going men
1: yeah
0: and i'm like this i love this guy i love him too i love this guy um, I'm
1: glad I'm actually really glad that we're re- rereading this first page because I, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I I will start a book, put it down, pick it up again, and then I, I forget about these qualities that mm-hmm. are outlined in the very beginning. And and going back and remembering this about Utterson, mm-hmm. it does, it makes you say like, oh yeah, he's a good egg. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I like he's that Utterson dude. guy. <laughs>
0: he's a good dude. Um, yeah. And it, it, it really, it, it inspired a lot of um, faith for me in uh, Stevenson, in how mm-hmm. he was going to approach his characters. Because mm-hmm. immediately, this is like, it feels like such um, a kind rendering of it's like, yeah, maybe you don't want to give him a hug, <laughs> but like, like, he'll help you move. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's yeah. Just, and like, I, I, I love that. And it, it just t- tells you exactly who, it, who he is. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like, this is what, like, it's his character to follow through when he sees like the decline of people
1: totally yeah yeah and that's why he he's gonna stick with Jekyll like through this whole horrible situation that he's in with Hyde Um, it's it's really interesting the way that mr. Hyde becomes a part of everybody's uh, social understanding Mm -hmm. I guess you know, people either run into him or they hear about him or he he becomes so notorious, at least in this circle, and yet he's so, you know, he's he's outsmarts everyone. You know, he disappears. Mm, he slips yep. he slips through the cracks. And there's something very otherworldly and um and creepy and monstrous. fun about that. Yes, monstrous. And I love the description of Hyde as uh, what I wrote down the the fact that he is small, like that he's mm-hmm. this like small, sickly looking and, and his when, body physically. Yeah. From evil contorts. And and the more that we see of Hyde the more he is taking over Jekyll's person. Mm-hmm. And that's a really interesting uh, morality tale, I guess. Yeah.
0: Can I build that... off of that? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. Okay, so a couple please. things on that. One, um, I, I really like monster theory. I've read a couple books of, of mon- monster theory, uh, like Bishop's um, American Zombie Gothic, uh, mm-hmm. is Pretend We're Dead, Um uh, to, to name a couple and one of the things that i really love in monster fiction is this sort of unspoken understanding that most of all monsters were once people
1: mm. so
0: if we think of vampires if we think of werewolves if we think of mr yeah. hyde if we think of Frankenstein's monster right um the like these the, in, in, mad scientists serial killers these are all uh, people altered by some some force whether Mm -hmm. intrinsic or uh, external uh extrinsic
1: extrinsic yeah that's Um, a word
0: and uh (laughs) like (laughs) i feel like if i didn't throw extrinsic out there knowing that would be it it would just feel like an unclosed loop it would yes i agree intrinsic and external that's exactly that's a comfortable (laughs) those are parallel words um so so the, the way that like monster fiction approaches like the horror, it, it always feels like you pull the you pull the curtain down or, or the mm. the author points the finger and it's all like and we were the monster all along.
1: Right. Oh um, right.
0: and I, I don't like that a lot of the time when it's written by your your Goldings. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like it when the takeaway is we are inherently terrible or don't trust right. people. But I right. love it when it's written by someone like Robert Louis Stevenson, who's all like this man is loved. Yeah. This man is yeah. loved and he's done a lot of good. Uh, mm-hmm. But he like he's flawed and I don't forgive him. Um cuz he's like he's a monster, but he's not right. just a monster. He's not like it's not like everything that's good in his life was immediately undone when this was right. proven to be true.
1: Yes, and there's there's the struggle in here between Hyde's misdeeds and his evil and, and Jekyll trying to pull away from that. And that there's, Mm -hmm. there's something so very human about, about that, that two month space of time where he's, he's, he's himself again. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's so garrulous and garrulous, 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 garrulous. And, and he's having these parties and he, he's becoming very religious. He's, you know, he's, he's giving to all these charities and he's reading these spiritual texts and, and, and he's trying so hard. He's, he's trying to say goodbye to Mr. Hyde. And I, I have never, I hope, I hope I've never been as evil as Mr. Hyde, but I have gone through moments of my life like that. And so reading that and, and, remembering those times where like oh yeah like i i hit this point where i feel like i was not being my best self and 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 so i did these things to try and turn that around and reading that on paper and and seeing how that plays out and how his friends notice it and his community responds to it and then and then he's he has that tragic slide back Yeah, i think there's something really poignant about that there, there's
0: a beauty in being known isn't yeah. there yeah it's like even if your friends don't know you very well knowing that there are people out there that are being like we don't th- we don't think you're okay yeah and in the reality of the, the matter being like he isn't okay he's right. literally turning into a monster of his own right. making. yeah um and and still like his butler's like oh this this someone fucked ups going on there it's not like I made and I made the eggs this morning myself so I know it's not that. <laughs> um,
1: yeah yeah um yeah there is something really there is something really great about the way Stevenson writes that struggle it's very real in spite of it being a monster story I agree with you on that
0: I, I love this book <laughs> <laughs> I love this book. Um, and yeah, I was thinking of this in terms of like when we read Mango Street. I was very mm. much like, I think this is my favorite out of the the big data pool of of three data points. I was like, I think yes. this is my favorite one. Um, <laughs> and and now uh, I need to recognize that it, like my enjoyment of things is much more uh, complicated That it's like I like this one the best. Of um, course, because yeah. I, I'm definitely like oh Mango Street. Mango Street's top tier for me. Now, mm-hmm. but I'm not nostalgic for Mango Street the way I'm nostalgic mm-hmm. for this one, um, and trying right. and trying to recognize it's like, yeah, but they are very different books.
1: Indeed, they are They're very different <laughs> yes. books. They're very
0: different experiences. Right, um, right.
1: But nostalgia—I don't think that we need, I don't think that we are doing a service to ourselves or our listeners if we throw away nostalgia, because nostalgia is really important Mm. um it's very again it's a very human thing and I don't think it should be you know discounted or um or nixed from the conversation about your enjoyment of something um I yeah I don't know I think it's very valuable and I I love that you have this nostalgia for this story and that you were able to read it fresh and not have that yeah. context yeah, yeah 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 I think that's so great you know I mean it's like having that unspoiled experience of the story is really fantastic <laughs>
0: uh yeah oh my god it's just like 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 I get flustered I, and I read it, I reread it this weekend very quickly mm-hmm. um and I don't think it's already a fast book and so yeah. I don't think it's necessarily doing a service to me. But just knowing it's like, this is a book that will be there. At,
1: do you have – sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Do, do you have passages that you sort of just – you read them and then you let them seep in when you reread this one? No. I'm just curious. No.
0: I. So when I reread a book, <laughs> when it happens <laughs> –
1: um, the like two times that it happens. My, my
0: dream is that i've completely forgotten how it goes like you know oh, when, when, okay. a, when a book becomes part of you you don't remember mm-hmm. all of these little details you remember these like movements you remember these colors you remember these like select images or these characters mm. but i didn't remember that utterson uh was described as you know, ride or die with downgoing men, like that phrase. down right, Downgoing right. men, um, and I love that phrase. And I hope I forget it again. Like I, I hope I forget. I, I, hope I forget as much of this book as possible. So when I go back to it, knowing that my only chief memory of it is the major plot beats, and that I like it,
1: mm-hmm. is
0: that I can experience it for the first time. And because sometimes books aren't like that. Like when I reread, um, uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Okay, when I, read I, it, I haven't read that one. When I read it for the first time, that might be worthwhile for us to. Oh, we should <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Here. yeah. Um, when I read it for the first time, I was like, "This is amazing." It was like an addictive read. Um, it doesn't happen all the time with books, despite how much I read. But like, uh, mm-hmm. when I get re- like proper hooked by a book, and I'm staying up late to finish reading it. And, oh, I love that! Uh, it's yeah. such an exhilarating yes feeling. Like yeah, you, 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 like your,
1: your hands are
0: like flipping over the pages and you're yep, just in the yep. zone and when you're um,
1: walking and reading at the same yeah. time you like walk into a stop sign <laughs>
0: sometimes i'll like pace i'll pace the, my apartment <gasps> oh i love that um, yeah when, I, when i'm like yeah. I, I just gotta i have other things i have to do today but i just have to finish this one mm-hmm. um and sometimes you forget enough about a book that when you go back and you read it for another time you're like i don't like this anymore oh, yep. or this doesn't yep. this doesn't ring true for me anymore mm-hmm. this experience and I feel like it might be if a lot of people go back and read Lord of the Flies I feel like that's the, that might be uh your experience but with uh, like uh Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde this uh, like I've read this book at like almost every stage of my academic career mm-hmm. Right as a high school student I read it as an undergraduate as a grad student and I've read it as a professor like I mm. like and every time there's some it, it's not like there's some new thing I don't want to like uh, exhaust a a diatribe here uh but to to me there's this very personal enjoyment about like something with something that is as short as this but i'll do it with jane Eyre too which is not as short um as short
1: (laughs) i cannot believe that somebody was like hey this book is short (laughs) that's incredible that is so incredible yeah, um, wow.
0: I, I don't know if I said this, but did I comment and this is my last thing before mm. um, before like I'm I'm out of like my my notes here. Um, did I mention how the people on the street regarded Mr. Hyde?
1: I don't believe you did, but that's definitely something that we should talk about. OK, yeah, so
0: I love I love this to the point of it being kind of comical Though <laughs> like knowing it's it's not comical, um, right? Uh, but I loved the the side characters' willingness, which is supported by like Utterson's assessment, Mr. Enfield, mm. and, and Layton and all these people. Um, but uh, I wrote, I don't know him, but he looks evil. <gasps> yeah, I, it's not a direct quote, but it's like, oh, this wicked-looking man. Totally, this wicked-looking yeah. Man. Came over here, ran over a school child, kept going, wrote a check.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, I also I have we have to talk about that. Like the fact that he like whatever he ran so, he he ran over this little girl. The family's absolutely pissed off, which absolutely they should be. And and the doctor comes and, and he just goes to the bank and gets a cheque and he's like, Yeah, whatever and I, I love the yeah. cold, the coldness of that, and that that is the first instance that we see that he has no remorse, and his way of of dealing with it is just to throw money at it. Mm-hmm. And I, there's something that's so <laughs> great and like. <laughs> Flipping the bird to capitalism Oh yeah, I was like, it's, it's <laughs> about it, that. It, it's like, strangely it's, anti-capitalist,
0: so, isn't it? It is. It is. There's this quote, uh, like I think it was like a tweet. Um, so, someone's gonna find it. Uh, but it was this argument that it, speeding fines or just general fines should be a, like a percentage based off of what <gasps> people make for like their yearly oh, income rather oh than my. a flat rate. So oh, if that. it's like if you need to pay like a fifty dollar <laughs> citation, uh right. if you only make they'll say a hundred dollars a week, that's half of your income for the for that right. week. But right. it, if you um have rich parents, um mm-hmm. and you got a trust fund that's good for two hundred thousand dollars, a fine just becomes the price you pay to let you break the law. Yeah. Um, oh my god. And so in Jekyll and Hyde it, it it's like if you making the argument that if you have the money, mm-hmm. you can go trample a small girl, <laughs> and uh, you you could then be held accountable to, by people. You're it's not something right. that you're gonna like rise to the occasion for. Um, the path of least resistance is it's going to be less annoying if you do something about it. Right. So I'll
1: cut a check and say check. It's fine.
0: Here. Yeah. Buy buy a new daughter. <laughs> He has 25 oh pounds. Let's go see a Star <laughs> War.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. There was, I feel like there was something I wrote about, um, about that. And I, oh, oh, I know what it was. I'm sorry. I don't think we finished your thought, though. Did we? No, Did that, we that's your... pretty much
0: it. It's just like, okay. these people, like, it just seemed metal. It just seemed pretty metal for yeah. just, just these randos <laughs> to be all like. I, I don't that know the evil. guy, but I will copy him being ugly as shit. <laughs> and then the, the the police are there and they're writing it down. It's like the, const- the constable's just like, mm-hmm, "All right, eyewitness reports say man ugly as shit." Mm-hmm, all right, got it, got it down. Uh, anything else? And they're like, Looks "Yes, he was also evil. short."
1: yeah he was also yes. short
0: and he's like okay short and then he's and they're like he looked evil he's like okay yeah. evil is that different from being ugly as shit And he's like oh yeah, yeah 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 not by much very but yeah. different uh, very different yeah yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah ugly as shit short oh uh, I, I wrote ugly as short here isn't that funny all right so when was the girl trampled all right okay yeah
1: um I, it, it's interesting too there was um A difference between the way in the end when we get the big reveal from the letter, the letter that Dr. Jekyll has left for Utterson. um, When he talks about Hyde and about how he feels when he transforms, it feels different than the way people talk about Hyde as bystanders, which... I, I don't know what I'm where I'm going yeah, like, with that. Could but you it's speak it's more interesting. To that. I I don't think I can. I'm sorry. I'm not part, prepared.
0: Like, for me, part of like Dr. Lanyon's letter mm. is not in I, I don't know if you can call the the bystanders an unbiased party, but doc, Dr. Lanyon is definitely not an unbiased party. Right. This is a man who has a fraught history uh with Dr. Jekyll that's marked by great Bouts of interest and joy, and marked by long periods of neglect. Mm-hmm. And, and so, the understanding that this man, it, like, you know, when your friend comes out to you as a mad scientist, it <laughs> like you you got to take a moment. You know, yep, you, yep. you got to say like, "Oh, just
1: just give me a second here." <laughs>
0: not, not only have you um, committed um, unforgivable scientific acts, I I I know that. You, you murdered the small girl. You murdered this yeah. member of parliament. Um, yeah. But I still feel like there's a degree of, my, that's my friend.
1: That's, this is what it is. Okay, hang on. I'm so sorry. Um. And hence, as I think it came about, that Edward Hyde was so much smaller, slighter, and younger than Henry Jekyll. So he he is almost... Doctor Jekyll is almost describing to me, in his feeling as Hyde, this young impish figure, mm. which is very different different I, than this
0: this short I, he's guy ugly shit,
1: who's ugly as <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's that's just interesting. Like the, I don't know where I'm going with the that. The younger but it's really
0: stands out to me. Yes, because it, it yeah. makes me feel like in Doctor Jekyll's account, he's talking about how it's as he gets older, he starts like witnessing um, this duplicity mm-hmm. in, in his his day to day feelings and dealings of of you know gregarity and nefarity and (laughs) he is going through these motions and i like the idea that Hyde is like appears to be younger than jekyll because the evil like the evil wasn't born in jekyll like they're not the same age as jekyll gets older He becomes more evil as he has to deal with the two-facedness of high society. Yeah. Of of these highfalutin bourgeois um, uh, upper crust. Jerks.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think that's what it was. The youthfulness stood out to me because nobody else describes him as young yeah but then Jekyll's own account is he's he's young and spry and and he has all this energy to do these horrible things and he feels no remorse and and that's I don't know there's something there's something to dive into in that that I don't I don't know that I have the
0: the, um, it's not often you get a young villain
1: yeah is there I I mean I guess if you're William Golding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're but William Golding, we're we're either all young villains or we're being bullied by him on the playground.
1: Yep, exactly. Um and the only other thing that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about was why does why does Jekyll or actually i guess it's Hyde at the moment why does he call on lanyon for help i mean is it just because lanyon's a doctor
0: i think there's some there's some explanation okay uh, cuz
1: i couldn't remember and then i was like wait why like why does he <laughs> give Utterson the shaft and call lanyon instead of i mean instead just, of truth enough, they might
0: just be closer <laughs>
1: That's yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I think, I think it's just one of those. Um...
1: It's it's a plot
0: device. Well, it's crazy because when you have that final chapter, Henry Jekyll's full statement of the case. It's it, it's pretty much a, like a victory lap of the book. Oh,
1: at totally. That point yeah. where, where Henry yeah.
0: Jekyll is just all like, like Stevenson was straight up like, and at the end of the book, I'm going to repeat the whole
1: everything. Book. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I love,
0: and so. <laughs> Because it's like the, the the story really ends with Dr. Lanyon's account.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: that's but, true. But by the time we get to um, Henry Jekyll's full statement, uh, he's like, all right, and I'm going to cover everything just so you're not, which is really crazy. Because if a book did this these days, I, I like I would have to see it done similarly. Otherwise,
1: people I feel like people would pan it if it was done like yeah. this. Like, These days, yeah.
0: Like, I will say, put my money where, where my mouth is. Stevenson just does a lot of shit in here that if I saw today, I'd probably be like, that is inelegant writing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, and I'm like, yeah, I don't care for it. Uh, but it, wor- it you, works for me for him.
1: Have you read other Stevenson? Like, have you read yep. Treasure Island? I've
0: read Treasure Island. I've read uh The Suicide Club okay um i believe i've gone through them thrawn thrawn janet i believe i've read body snatcher um he's he like i didn't even expect he's a sensationalist mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just something that i think also drew me to stevenson because he yeah like, i expect with old writers to just be boring writers right um, right but it's that's not the case but i will say out of i mean we'll probably do treasure island someday here but-
1: i i want to read treasure island and I have to say that part of wanting to read Treasure Island has to do with, well, of course, the Muppet Treasure Island movie. Yep. But also, I dove into, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, a an HBO, HBO series? Or Stars? I don't know. Some cable Black network sales. series. Black Sales, I don't know if you've watched it. No,
0: I think my parents did.
1: It's delightful. It's very sensational, very... Um, you know, I don't know, dramatic, and I mean, there's problems, but it's it's interesting, and it made me, <laughs> it made me want to read Stevenson's uh, Treasure Island. I so
0: I remember seeing like a photo set from mm-hmm. an interview with actors on Black sails, mm-hmm. who were remarking that really the only valid interpretation adaptation of Treasure Island is Muppet Treasure Island.
1: Well, there we go. So you're, you're like, <laughs> we all we all get it we're all we're all on the same page okay if you're ever
0: watching a movie and you could say uh would this be improved by the presence of muppets and the answer is no you might not even be watching a movie you might just be <laughs> sitting in like a dark room like, which is crazy because you're sitting in a dark room also how would that not be improved by the presence of muppets i mean it would be yeah, yeah. Right? you should we move to rabbits
1: let's move to rabbits move yes to rabbits? Yeah, I'm ready now. Now that we actually, actually reviewed, um,
0: yeah, it, it, is, it is a hectic one today.
1: Yeah, it a one yeah. Today. Apologies, I feel like I was all over the map. Um, oh man, how many rabbits? I I really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed it. I think I would reread it. Um, I I'm solidly giving it three. I didn't. I didn't have the the big feels yeah. that I've had from others, um, so that's why I'm not giving it four, but I would give it three. Solid choice.
0: Yeah. I am uh, definitely giving it at least four.
1: Because you have the nostalgia I feels. I do.
0: Which is great. I don't think it's and... just because of nostalgia, but no. it definitely plays into it.
1: But I, but I think that I think that it's worth embracing that. Yeah. As I, as I said earlier. Part
0: of me was wondering if I was going to give it four point five rabbits. <gasps> do it. Yeah, because do it, Jack. Because, like, listen, if you got to read a book from the eighteen eighties, mm-hmm. uh and traditional, quote unquote, traditional classic lit pisses you off, um, <laughs> Jackal Hyde, man, strange case yeah. of Dr., Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's yeah. not long. I think is which is why it's a favorite of English classes, mm-hmm. uh, and like y- y- you can diverge on its simplicity. Like yes, there, there's a there, that
1: is such a good way to say it. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean really, it is. That's the perfect phrasing. Yeah, yeah. Diverge a on its simplicity. I love that.
0: And I feel like with a lot of good books, you can diverge on on their simplicity. Yeah. You find, like, one thread of it and be like, I'm going to write a paper about this.
1: I, and I'm also, I'm very fascinated to, to read it again and think about it through the queer lens that you brought up earlier. Like, I would not have, I, I would not have picked up on that, but I think that that is completely interesting and valid um way to to sort of bust into it
0: yeah books belong to their readers
1: yeah yeah amen
0: books belong to their readers i am gonna um embarrassingly google this real quick because i want to get the pronunciation right okay give me give me a second
1: Um, um i actually love the sound of the keys clicking um, I think that's a nice, yeah, nice thing to add. It's nice.
0: Ah, uh, nice little thing. Okay. Yeah. So, next week, next time, mm. um, please join us for the Secret Garden. I can't wait. By, um, Francis Hodgson Burnett. Francis Hodgson Burnett. I wanted to. You got the right. Yeah. The Hod- pronunciation. The Hodgson it's like hodgson i I feel like she her name is like not hodgson hodgson Hodgson. francis 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 hodgson Burnett. are you spending time in your secret garden again francis and she's like (laughs) how do you know about that oh i can't wait to talk about this book yeah so the secret garden um until then thank you for joining us i have been jack and i have been marty Uh, And this has been the Summer Reading Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Oh gosh golly, it's me again. Come to you from far in the future to give you the credits. Gosh golly, didn't they read that book? They read that book and talked about it so hard. And now it's time to give credit where credit's due. All right, our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Nathan.Morrissey77 on Instagram. Our editor is the brilliant and amazing and wonderful and lovely Rosa Maria Capano-Kroll. You can find her at CrochetWell on Instagram and uh, on Etsy, too. Go support her there. That's my uh, brilliant, wonderful mother. Uh, the Summer Reading Podcast was created by Margie Mason, our librarian, and myself, Jack Kroll. Uh, you can find us uh, not on any social at the moment, but you can email us at summerreadingpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. That's summerreadingpodcastnospaces at gmail.com. We would love if you have any book recommendations for us or corrections uh, or just nice things. Just just tell us nice things if you'd like. Uh, Other than that, I hope to see you or hear you or hear from you next time.